TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in. We are with you until midnight. What a win for your Celtics tonight as they beat the Brooklyn Nets. How about that? A 2 nothing series lead for the Celtics after this one tonight. It did not look like it was going to go the Celtics way, especially in the first half. But I give them a lot of credit. Of course, they win this one 114 to 107. So what's your biggest takeaway from this game? And do you think now that this series is completely over? 617-779-7937, the number. Again, 617-779-7937. 7937 the number. This was a roller coaster of a game. The Celtics start the game off, and it felt like Bruce Brown was going to go for 40 because the guy scored the first nine points of the game for the Brooklyn Nets. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? The guy that was running his mouth before the series, talking crap about Al Horford, talking crap about Daniel Tice. And here's the thing the Celtics played so poorly in the first half of that game. They should have been blown out of their building. They really should have. I mean, the Nets were getting whatever they wanted from an offensive perspective, and the Celtics somehow were only down 10 points at halftime. Think about this. The Nets in the first half, they shot 61.5% from the field, 54.5% from three. Yet the Celtics were only down 10 despite shooting 33.3% from three and 48.6% from the field. They were only down by 10 points. And when they went into half with just that deficit after the onslaught they took from the Nets in the first half, right? I mean, you look at it. The Nets had, what, 65 points in the first half of this game? And the Celtics were still somehow in this one. And they found a way. Whatever Ime Adoka said at halftime, it clearly worked. Because this team came out with a totally different energy to start the third quarter. And they took that into the fourth quarter as well. But the most impressive thing to me about this series so far, and in particular tonight, is Kevin Durant is absolutely flummoxed. Kevin Durant's the greatest scorer since Michael Jordan. That's how talented he is as an offensive player. And he has no idea what he's doing right now. Absolutely no idea what he's doing right now. He has no idea where the help's coming from. He has no idea what the Celtics' game plan is from a defensive perspective because sometimes they're jumping him with an extra double team. Sometimes they're just switching. He is completely flummoxed. Durant has been absolutely atrocious in this series. The only way that he's scoring is at the free throw line. He was 4 for 17 from the field tonight. Now, he took 20 free throws, but he was 4 for 17 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3. So now in this series, Kevin Durant is 13 for 41. 13 for 41, 
He has 12 turnovers. 12. Jason Tatum has blocked his shot not once, not twice, but three times. He's also had his shot blocked twice by Jalen Brown. I never thought that we would be in this spot with this series. Not that the Celtics would not be up two to nothing. I felt like the Celtics are going to win this series from the beginning. But the point being is I thought, okay, well, Durant's going to get his, right? Like, Durant's going to get his. Durant's going to do his thing. What you really need to try to do is limit Kyrie Irving, which, by the way, Kyrie Irving, where was he tonight? I don't know where the hell Kyrie Irving was. (laughs) Remember the guy that went off in game one, had the 39 points? Where was Kyrie Irving tonight? The guy had 10 points. He was 4 of 13 from the field. He pulled a Houdini act in the second half. I don't know where he went. We're still trying to figure out where the hell Kyrie Irving went in the second half of that game. He was so great in game one. So great. And I do sort of wonder, did the Celtics fans get in his head at the end of that game? Where he's doing all this stuff with the media after the game. He's getting into it with the fans. And remember, at the end of game one, Kyrie Irving with an opportunity to win the game for the Brooklyn Nets. Seal the victory for Brooklyn. What does he do? He dribbles the air out of the ball. Al Horford jumps him, sends him into another double team. He throws that hut bag to Kevin Durant at the three-point line. Durant's got to hoist one up. And then, of course, we all know it happens from a Celtics perspective. They go down the the court and they score. And Jason Tatum hits that layup where, again, Kyrie Irving fell asleep on the defensive side of the floor. So then he comes back out for tonight's game, and it really doesn't feel like he's participating. He got some stuff going in the first quarter, but in the second half of this game, Kyrie Irving was basically a non-entity. The guy was a complete no-show in general in the second half. Kyrie Irving in the second half of this game was one for seven. He had four points. Kyrie Irving had four points in the second half of this game. That's it. And I don't know why, especially considering the fact that I do feel like Ime Adoka stumbled into something at the beginning of that fourth quarter where the Celtics went to a lineup that they hadn't used in game one at all. They put Grant Williams out there along with Peyton Pritchard, Al Horford, who has just been absolutely tremendous in the series. I mean, that guy has been absolutely incredible. I don't even know if you can say, like, oh, he turned back the clock. This is the best I've seen Al play in his postseason career. I guess I can't go through his entire Atlanta career, but this is the most effective he's been. After the 20-15 and game that we saw the other night, or the other day, I should say, Easter Sunday, he goes for 16-6-2-2-1. The guy was incredible in this game. Absolutely phenomenal. He was a plus 11. So Horford was tremendous in this game. We know what Jason Tatum did in terms of he struggled scoring the basketball in the first half. But really, the guy has been incredible as a passer in the series. Ten assists tonight after eight assists in game one. So I give email. And by the way, just to get back to my original point about that lineup. So it was Al Horford, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And that is just a devastating lineup for the Nets to try to defend. Right, Because you really can't leave anybody, especially if Grant Williams is going to shoot the basketball the way he shot it tonight. Because remember, Grant had sort of been ice cold since the beginning of March. He had not been shooting the three ball like he was for the majority of the season when he was one of the best corner three-point shooters in the entire league. Tonight he goes 4-4 four four from the field. 3-3 three of three from three-point territory. And he has 17 points. And he really kept this team afloat at points during this game. So I give Grant Williams a ton of credit because I did not see this type of effort coming from, not that he wouldn't bring the effort, but this type of offensive outburst, if you will, 
They needed this. Without Grant Williams tonight, they do not win that game. And you can say the same thing about Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. Five of seven from the floor in this game. He finishes with 15 points. So I thought Pritchard was outstanding in this game as well. So when you look at it and you add all this stuff up, the move from Ime Adoka at the beginning of the fourth quarter to just try that lineup out, right? Because of the fact that you think at one point they had a lineup out there that I thought could not survive. And luckily, they switched it up rather quickly. But they started at one point during this game, they had a lineup where you didn't have Tatum on the court, you didn't have Marcus Smart on the court, you didn't have Al Horford on the court. I'm trying to figure out where the hell they're going to generate offense from with the exception of Jalen Brown. And we know Jalen's not sort of the creator that Jason Tatum is. He's not the guy that gets everybody involved, though. And nothing against Jalen, but he's not that type of passer like Tatum is and to a lesser extent like Marcus Smart is. And he's out there essentially by himself in that lineup, and that was a scary lineup. But that lineup that Ime Adoka went to at the beginning of the fourth quarter worked, and then at the end of the game, before Al Horford goes to the bench because he fouled out, and at that point the game was sort of over, but the non-Daniel Tice minutes, I thought that was really key because I felt like the one guy, and we'll get into Peyton Pritchard in a second here, the one guy that the Nets were really having their way with in this game was Daniel Tice. They were putting Daniel Tice in a lot of actions, and they were sort of exposing Daniel Tice, right, where Daniel Tice didn't really know what to do because he was in drop coverage most of the game, which means Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or Seth Curry, whoever it is, they could just walk into an open shot and hit it. And Daniel Tice, he was kind of in between. They didn't know if they wanted to send him in blitz, try to get the ball out of the ball handler's hand. So Daniel Tice is kind of lost in this game on the defensive side of the floor. Now, he did give you some contributions on the offensive side. Daniel Tice actually did contribute offensively. He gives you 15 points in this game, 7 of 9 from the floor. He did miss both his three-point attempts. But overall, with Daniel Tice, defensively, it feels like this could be a problem. And this is something maybe we can get into in greater detail in the next couple of nights. But those minutes without Daniel Tice is really when the Celtics went on the run, when they decided, okay, let's just go with the one big and Al, the one traditional big, if you will, And then we'll send out Grant Williams as the four to go along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And when Pritchard came off the floor and Marcus Smart came back on the floor, that lineup was absolutely nuclear. They just lit up the Brooklyn Nets. And still, the thing that I just keep coming back to is Ime Adoka has made a lot of adjustments in this series in terms of different things he wants to do. He's tried out different lineups. And with Steve Nash, I look on the other side of things and look, Ime Adoka has the better overall team. I know that they have Durant and they have Kyrie Irving. So Ime Adoka definitely has more to work with, even with the absence of Robert Williams. But with Steve Nash, that dude is just, it feels like he's just getting a paycheck there. What the hell is he doing? Now, he does make a nice adjustment where they decide at the beginning of the game, unlike game one, they say, okay, let's put Bruce Brown on Jason Tatum instead of Kevin Durant. Let's try to save his legs a little bit for the offensive side of the floor because we know that Jason Tatum has the ball in his hand so much and he's running the offense, so to speak. So let's do that. We'll decide to put Kevin Durant on Al Horford because they knew that the Celtics are not going to post up Al. Like, it doesn't make sense. That's not how they run their offense. So I thought that was smart by Steve Nash, not to mention Bruce Brown does a much better job on Jason Tatum than he does on Jalen Brown. It makes no sense to put him on Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown is too fast, too athletic, right? He does bother Jason Tatum, and you saw it a bit tonight because he gets underneath him. He sort of gets up in his space. He can't do that with Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown's got such that quick first step. He's going right by you. So he made that move. It made sense. It worked for the Nets. Jason Tatum did not have a great game from a shooting perspective, and at the end, he took over. I mean, that step back three, ridiculous. Tatum is 
unbelievable right now. But overall, uh, overall, I would say that Nash made no other adjustments in this game. And this is one thing I, I have no answers to whatsoever. And I'm sure that Kyrie's not going to be asked about this after the game and Nash isn't going to be asked about this after the game. But why, when Peyton Pritchard was on the court, why isn't Kyrie going after him? Why isn't Kyrie hunting that matchup and trying to take advantage of that matchup? And the other thing with Steve Nash, which makes no sense to me whatsoever, because you and I can watch the game and notice things like this. Why doesn't he try to make life easier for Kevin Durant? They do nothing to try to get Kevin Durant the ball in advantageous situations. Why don't they run like a little Iverson cut where he goes from basically one elbow to the other elbow? He gets two screens and he catches the ball in the move with a little bit of an advantage. Now, I hope he doesn't do any of this stuff because clearly what they're doing right now with Kevin Durant is not working whatsoever. But it's like he's catching the ball at the elbow or he's getting the ball at the top of the key. He's trying to be in a pick and roll situation and they're just not putting him in good situations. This defense, Stan Van Gundy said on the broadcast tonight, he has never seen Kevin Durant this confused, this discombobulated, if you will, in a playoff series. I never have either. Now, I'm not going to tell you I've seen every single game that Kevin Durant has played in the history of his career. I felt he was horrible against the Golden State Warriors before he left there in Game 6 and Game 7. But this is awfully impressive. I still cannot believe that this is the result we have after two games. Not that the Celtics are up 2-0, but how they've done it, where they have just completely destroyed Kevin Durant. I feel like, okay, and Kyrie Irving was not great tonight, but I thought, okay, yeah, maybe they can get in Kyrie Irving's head. They got enough guys that can they can throw at him. They got enough bodies they can throw at him. But I never thought we'd be in a situation where Kevin Durant would just suck because that's the reality. Kevin Durant has flat out sucked through two games. You look at it, Kevin Durant has been somebody that lives in the mid-range, right? Those shots that analytical people don't want you to take whatsoever, right? It's not a shot that most people should take because the math just doesn't make sense on it. So you look at the Nets. This is what concerned me coming into the series. They're one of the best mid-range shooting teams in the entire NBA. So this season, they shot 47.2% from the mid-range. That was the best in the NBA by a wide margin, by almost 3%. The Nets tonight, 8 for 28 from mid-range. That's 28.6%. So they're down almost 20 percentage points from their regular season average. The reason for that is the Celtics, despite the fact that their defense was not great in the first half of this game and they were taking advantage of Daniel Tice, the Celtics are making those shots difficult for them. Absolutely. And you look at Durant tonight from the mid-range, 2 for 12, 16.7%. During the regular season, 55.5% from the mid-range. And there's a couple of different things that if you want to weigh in, what do you make of the Celtics taking this 2-0 series lead? What do you make of the way that they're defending Kevin Durant? And now do you think the Celtics made the right decision by taking on the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the playoffs? 617-779-7937, the number. 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight here on WEI. So I was on the side of prior to the series. I thought you take the easier path. You go after the baby dinosaurs, the Raptors in the first round, which, oh, by the way, the... Philadelphia 76ers have just taken a 3-0 series lead over those guys. I mean, that series is essentially over. So I was about taking that path. And I still believe you take the easiest path to the NBA Finals, right? Or the Eastern Conference Finals. Because now, if you win this series against the Nets, which I believe the Celtics will do, you got to play Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Chicago Bulls in the second round. But I look at this from a bigger picture standpoint now. Doesn't it sort of feel 
like this is the type of series win that this Celtics team needed, where Jason Tatum is 24, Jalen Brown is 25, and I know Robert Williams isn't playing, but a younger player, Grant Williams, a younger player. But doesn't it kind of feel like Jason Tatum had to go through Kevin Durant, that he had to take him out? Because where Jason Tatum wants to be is as one of the top five guys in the league, right? In all likelihood, he's going to be an all-NBA first-teamer this year because of the game's played situation. Durant was better on a per-game basis this season, but you can't dismiss the gap in terms of how many games Tatum played compared to or juxtaposed to how many Kevin Durant played. But you got to go through this guy, right? I mean, we've seen it throughout the history of the NBA. You have to go through the guy in front of you, right? Where Michael Jordan's got to get through the Detroit Pistons, right? Where LeBron James had to eventually get through Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. This is sort of like what you have to go through in the NBA. And not to say that the Nets are the reigning defending champs. That's the Bucs, but that would be next on the list for the Celtics. It feels like this is the path to NBA superstardom, if you will, where you take out those guys. Kevin Durant right now is arguably the best player in the NBA. I mean, it's him, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those are the two guys. I know that Jokic and Embiid are the MVP candidates, if you will, but those are the two guys that are the best players in the league. And Jason Tatum is trying to get to that level. And Jason Tatum right now is outplaying Kevin Durant. He has now outplayed Kevin Durant in three straight games going back to the game of the regular season where he had 50. And I know tonight you can say, oh, was it a great game for Jason Tatum from an offensive perspective? He was just 5 of 16 from the floor. But he turned it on in the fourth quarter, hit big shots in the fourth quarter. He also dished out 10 assists, and he covered Kevin Durant the whole time. See, the Brooklyn Nets took Kevin Durant off Jason Tatum because they said, hey, from an energy perspective, we can't do this for a whole series. Durant is not going to hold up. We need him to expend a lot of energy on the offensive end. Jason Tatum and the Celtics saying, screw that. Tatum is going to stay on Kevin Durant the entire time. So, and look, there's switches and all that, but he is getting the bulk of the minutes on Kevin Durant. In game one, Durant was two for six against Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum blocked his shot twice. And tonight, very similar situation for Jason Tatum when he went head-to-head with Kevin Durant. And he is the guy doing it on both ends. Durant, oh yeah, he's covering Al Horford. Covering the big guy. What, like the third option offensively for the Celtics in terms of their starting lineup? Like their third option, you're covering that guy who doesn't really handle the ball. Like he can pass for a big guy. I'm not diminishing what Al Horford does as a player. But he's not somebody that you need to expend a lot of energy covering. Kevin Durant had to get taken off Jason Tatum. Because A, they don't think it's a great matchup for Kevin Durant. And B, they don't think he can handle his offensive workload having to cover Jason Tatum on the other side of the floor. The Celtics are doing the opposite of that. Jason Tatum is going to cover Kevin Durant the entirety of the series. And by the way, I should mention, too, when Jalen had him tonight, Jalen did an outstanding job on Kevin Durant. These guys are taking the challenge and saying, hey, they want a piece of Durant. They want to take Kevin Durant out. Kevin Durant is considered to be at the top of the food chain in the NBA. They want to take this guy out. So, look, I wanted the easier road to the NBA Finals, but for the long-term success of these two guys together, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, this may be the best way to do it. Take these guys out. 617 779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight here on EAI. All right, so a lot more to get into. What do you make of the Celtics taking this 2-0 series lead? Are you now happy that the Celtics chose to take on the Nets in the first round of the postseason? What's going on with Kyrie Irving? Do you think the Celtics, we talk about the Celtics being in Kyrie Irving's head. Are the Celtics in Kevin Durant's head? We'll get into all that next. The number 617 617- 
779-7937. Brian Barrett with you on EI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So if you want to weigh in on your Celtics, taking a 2 to nothing series lead over Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets, certainly welcome to do so. So how about this number from ESPN Sports and Info? Stats and Info, I should say. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving struggled Wednesday like never before. It's the first time in 55 games as teammates, regular and postseason, that they both shot worse than 33%. Four for 17 for Durant, four for 13 for Kyrie. Kevin Durant in the second half, 0 for 10, four turnovers. It's the most field goal attempts without any single make in any half of his entire career, regular season or postseason. So I guess the Celtics defense is pretty good. 617-779-7937 the number. Let's get to Zach on the pike. What's up, Zach? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good, just coming back from the game. I thought Pritchard was uh, uh, a big X factor. I think uh, his performance is underappreciated. Yeah, I mean, Pritchard was major in this game tonight, man. He had a game high. He was a game high plus uh, plus 15, 5 of 7 from the floor. He comes comes off the bench, hits a couple of key shots. I was worried about him in this series, Zach, and I still think that Kyrie should have been going after him more on the other side of the floor. But Pritchard was flat out outstanding in this game. Oh yeah, he he was great. He had more points than Kyrie and KD in the fourth. Like, and he played, played thirty less minutes the whole game. Yeah, I, he was Coming great off the bench. Yeah, how, he, how, how he crazy was, was it in there tonight, Zach? It, it was nuts. Uh, when Pritchard hit that, uh, when he crossed Kyrie up and hit that shot, the place went crazy. <laughs> I can imagine, man. Hey, appreciate the call, Zach. Yeah. Good stuff. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. It does feel like it was awesome. Like, the atmosphere, I'm not obviously not there. I'm watching the game from the studio. But it was pretty amazing just hearing the crowd. And especially when they started to go on that run 
when they started to get on that big run there in the third quarter after the Celtics, I don't want to say they look lifeless, but they took a huge shot from the Brooklyn Nets. And that's where the Brooklyn Nets had to knock the Seas out. They had to knock them out in the first half. They had to deliver the knockout blow, and they couldn't do it. And when they couldn't do it, as poorly as the Celtics played in the first half, especially defensively, they were, I mean, let's be real, they were absolutely atrocious in the first half of this game from a defensive perspective. When they were only down 10 at halftime, you're thinking to yourself, holy crap, they got a chance. They have a chance. Somehow they are in this game. They have a chance to win this game somehow. And it was remarkable to see what they did in the third quarter and the way they closed it out. It was Tatum and Brown making big plays. And how about the pass that Tatum makes to Horford in the corner to hit the three? I mean, that's one thing about Tatum in this game. As poorly as he shot the ball for the majority of the game, he came up with clutch shots at the end, including the step back three. And how about the pass he made to Al Horford? I mean, six months ago, he doesn't make that pass. Where he's in the lane, goes in the air, kicks it out to Al, who's at the three-point line, and Al knocks down a three. Remarkable pass by Jason Tatum. And Brown was exceptional in the fourth quarter of this game. He really took it over. It felt like he was sort of out of control for the first three quarters of the game where he was loose with the ball, he was turning it over, and it felt like once he sort of slowed down there in that fourth quarter, he was really able to take advantage of the Nets defensively because the Nets, let's face it, they don't have a guy that has the athleticism to be able to stay in front of Jalen Brown. And we saw that happen in the fourth quarter. He hit big shots. They both made Tatum and Brown big defensive plays. Brown had another block on Kevin Durant. Remember the one that he made in the first game where he gets screened off, he comes all the way back, and he blocks Kevin Durant like near the rim? I mean, that was a phenomenal play, and we saw it again from Jalen Brown tonight. And Jalen, you could tell, in that fourth quarter, doesn't it just feel like the Celtics are the bigger, tougher team? That's what it feels like to me. They're too big. They're too strong. They're too athletic. And it's like they took all those body blows. They took all those shots from the Brooklyn Nets. Not even body blows. They took haymakers from the Nets in the first half. And at halftime, they're down 10. They were still there. You couldn't knock them out. They needed to deliver the knockout. That's what the Nets needed to do. They needed to knock the Celtics out. And the Celtics just kept coming back. And they kept chopping away. And they won in the big run in the third. And then in the fourth quarter, they just completely took over. They outscored the Nets 29-17 to in the fourth quarter. 29-17. to Ime Adoka stumbled on. I don't know if he stumbled on it or this is something they mapped out before the game. But they come out with that lineup. That, four, that lineup in the fourth quarter of Pritchard and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. And that crew just goes absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts on the Brooklyn Nets. Unbelievable. And it felt like the Nets knew, hey, our shot was in the first half. We don't have enough for these guys. We don't. We don't have the defensive ability that they have. These guys are completely wearing us down. You could tell that the Nets were fatigued. They were where the Celtics were in their crap. I mean, they were all over them. Durant can't even dribble the ball. Look at Durant right now. He's scared to dribble the ball. At one point tonight, he just dribbled off himself out of bounds. I know Jalen did it too, but that was just kind of like sloppy. Durant is petrified. He doesn't know where the defense is coming from right now. I've never seen Kevin Durant play basketball this way. I've watched Kevin Durant play in a lot of games. This dude is confused. 617-779-7937 is a number. Let's get to Damian and Lawrence. What's up, Damian? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, it was a great game, man. I felt like um, 
the Boston Celtics was like that Sylvester Stallone movie when he said one more round. I didn't hear the bell ringing and they, they <laughs> came through. But um, I was calling because of Kyrie. I just think that we're, I love Kyrie. We're too hard on Kyrie because we wanted him to come to Boston. Everybody was like, oh, we get Kyrie. Yeah, we, we, we're going to go somewhere. I know it didn't work out. But that's just going to hurt us with other athletes coming to Boston. What are you talking about, Damien? Kyrie's a very unique situation. He came here. He didn't show up for Game 7 because he apparently had to get something for a deviated septum, which apparently couldn't wait. He came into the next year. He told the season ticket holders he would be here as long as they'd have him. He did a commercial saying he wanted his... Jersey hung up in the banners like all the other Celtics greats before him. He was caught on tape saying two max slots to Kevin Durant at the All-Star game, and he quit on the team in the play- playoffs. I don't know how the Kyrie situation equates to other free agents. Kyrie's totally you different. Know, he burnt the fan base. I, I don't understand how what the way that Kyrie's treated is something to do with other free agents. If any, I mean, I guess you go back to Isaiah Thomas with Danny Ainge because they didn't pay him after the hip injury, but come on. Kyrie Irving, like... Yeah. He burned the fan base. I don't know how you could argue to the contrary. You know why? Because he got the right to change his mind. And I understand everything you said is right. But he got the right to change his mind. And I'm just saying, like, for Cameron Durant and for the other players that we want to come to Boston, and if they get the right to change their minds and stuff, they're going to be like, wow. If hey, Kevin, Durant's under, the- Kevin Durant just signed a four-year max contract with him. He's not coming. No, Damien, I, I appreciate the call, but, I mean, the, the point makes no sense tonight. This is like bigger, broader conversation about free agents wanting to come to Boston, but I don't think the Kyrie situation has anything to do with it. Not to mention, think about all the clueless stuff this guy has said since he left. He said after the game that the Celtics won in the regular season that they're like a scorned ex-girlfriend. See, here's the thing. The Celtics fans, they don't want Kyrie back. That's where Kyrie is confused here. The Celtics were better when Kyrie was on the team when he didn't play. They were one game away from the NBA Finals when he didn't play. And then when you go back to the year he did play, guess what happened in the postseason? They lose to the Bucs four games to one. Kyrie quit on the team. So they were better even when he was here when he didn't play. And that, see, so he says scoring girlfriend. Come on. Scoring girlfriend is when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City for the team he just lost to in the conference finals. That's a scoring girlfriend because Oklahoma City knew we're not recovering from losing Kevin Durant. Even when we got Russell Westbrook, we're not winning anything. We're not winning a championship. We were one win away from the NBA Finals. We're not winning a championship without that guy. He's going to the team that just beat us. With Kyrie Irving, it's like, holy crap, get the hell out of here. Nobody wants him anymore. So I I don't understand why that particular situation with Kyrie, we're having the free agency conversation with him. I think anybody can look at the Kyrie situation and realize the guy completely burnt the fan base. There's no way around it. He burnt the fan base. 617-779-7937, the number. Not to mention, the team's better off without him. I mean, look at them right now. They're the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Jason Tatum has blossomed into a star. Jalen Brown has blossomed into the star. This team is clearly together. It was one of the most dysfunctional locker rooms in the NBA with Kyrie Irving. Nobody would want him back. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Billy in a car. What's up, Billy? Hey. Like, that's crazy. What is Damien talking about? I have no idea. Like, nobody nobody feels that way right now. I mean, come on. Like, nobody's right? looking. Like, this is a totally unique situation to Kyrie Irving. No. The guy was an ass clown when he was here. And after he left, he was an ass clown. I mean, there's no way around it. What was your point, though, Billy? Billy! All right. I, I don't know what happened to William there. <laughs> he kind of just lost himself there. 
He was very mad at the previous caller, Damian. I, yeah, I just, I can't get there with the Kyrie thing. The way that the fans are treating Kyrie, like other free agents aren't going to want to come here, and he brings up Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's on a contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Celtics aren't in the conversation with Kevin Durant either. Not to mention, like, I understand this whole idea of the free agency thing with the Celtics, but this isn't a topic of conversation right now. And the other thing I would say is this. Like, Kyrie Irving, (laughs) I don't understand where he's coming from with all this. Like, you don't get to act like there was nothing that you did wrong here. Right? I mean, you're talking about before the series about let's just remember the good times at the Garden. There were no good times. What good times is Kyrie Irving referencing? There was no good time with Kyrie Irving as a member of the Celtics. Like, yeah, there was a good time when Kyrie was a member of the Cavaliers. He won a championship. He was the best player. Or, excuse me, he hit the biggest shot in the history of the Cavaliers organization. Obviously, LeBron is the best player. But he hit a huge shot for the Cavaliers. They won a championship. Their first championship since the Browns. So there are good memories for Kyrie in Cleveland. At least, and for the Cavaliers fans, there are good memories of Kyrie. With the Celtics, there are no good memories of Kyrie Irving. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So you don't get to act this way where you completely burn a fan base, you make up stuff, and you act like you're the victim in this situation. It's the opposite. You burnt the fan base. You don't get to do all this stuff and then not get booed. This is how it's always been. Not get yelled at when you come into arena. I don't know what what his argument is here. All right, 617-779. 7937 is the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So a lot more to get into. What do you make of the Celtics 2-0 series lead over the Boston Celtics, or over the Brooklyn Nets, rather? Do you feel like now, after seeing this matchup against the Nets, that the Celtics needed this? They needed to go through a team like Brooklyn. They needed to go through Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for the growth of the organization, the growth of the players long-term. Because I was against winning and playing the Nets in the first round. I wanted the baby dinosaurs who stink. I think you take the easiest road. But, man, they're starting to convince me, like, yeah, this is something they needed. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight right here on EEI. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Well, the Sox fell to the Blue Jays tonight 6-1. to one. They will open up a, or they'll play the final game of their three-game set Thursday night, or Thursday afternoon, rather, at Fenway. 135 for his pitch across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network. The Sox now 6-6 six and six on the season. Pre-game t- tomorrow with Mutt starts at 12-35. The Seas, that's the news of the night. 114-107. They beat down the Brooklyn Nets. A 17-point comeback. They outscored the Nets 59-42 in the second half. Jalen, 22. Jason Tatum, 19 points, 10 assists. He now has 18 assists in two games. Grant Williams, 17 off the bench. Four for four from the field and three for three from three-point territory. Game three, Saturday night in Brooklyn. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. All right, welcome back in. We are with you until midnight if you want to react to the game tonight as the Celtics, of course, take out the Brooklyn Nets 114-107. They're now up two games to none in the series. And, man, I can't get enough of the way they're defending Durant. Durant is like a puddle out there. He's one of the greatest scorers in the history of the league. Guy's got 12 turnovers in two games. Guy's shooting 31% from the field. Now, it doesn't help that his coach won't do anything for him. (laughs) He does nothing. 
Durant just trying to play in isolation the whole time. Coach does nothing to run him off screens and nothing to give him an advantage against Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. But I love that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have said, yeah, we'll take him on. Oh, Kevin Durant over there. Steve Nash going to take him off Jason Tatum. He can't cover him. Let's put Jason, let's put Kevin Durant on Al Horford. Yeah, Tatum's still going to cover Durant. Durant, nah, nah, no, no, no. No, no, no. Don't keep me on the Tatum guy. Okay, take me off Tatum. I expended a lot of energy on the defensive side of the floor. It wore me down, so don't put me on Tatum anymore. What, it's Tatum? Yeah, I'll take him. Let me take Kevin Durant. I love it. What Jason Tatum reminds me of right now is Kawhi Leonard, where Kawhi would guard the other team's best player, and as he matured, right? I mean, he wasn't the best scorer when he was with the Spurs until after Tim Duncan and that group sort of retired. Tony Parker got older. Monte Ginobili came over, and it became, or older rather, and it became his team. And in 17, he was top three in the MVP voting. He took over games as an offensive player. It took him a while to get to that level. But right now, Jason Tatum is that type of two-way player, that two-way player force. I believe that he's the closest thing we've seen to Kawhi Leonard. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Richie. Richie, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? I got an interesting stat for you guys. Uh, so we got Al Horford, 15 made field goals in the series. Kevin Durant, 14 made field goals in the series. So I want to <laughs> pose the question, who's the better all-time playoff basketball player? Who is what? Who's the better all-time playoff basketball player, Al Horford or Kevin Durant? I mean, come on, Richie. We're not being serious, are we? I didn't say we're being serious, but are we being not serious? Who knows? Who's the better all-time playoff player, Kevin Durant? Who's the better all-time playoff player, playoff Al or bum Kevin Durant? (laughs) Richie, I love Al, but come on, man. Kevin Durant's a two-time finals MVP. He outplayed LeBron in two series. Who's a better post player, huh? Who's a better post player? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right it's Richie, man. <laughs> he doesn't really play yeah. in the yeah good stuff richie i appreciate it man good stuff i'm glad you're celebrating al horford and his excellent he's been tremendous in this series i mean i love what al's done i've been in on al from the beginning when they picked him up back from oklahoma city a lot of people at the time were t- people on this station thought that oh yeah they got worse because they got rid of kemba they were just getting rid of the contract. Well, they got rid of the contract because Kemba sucks, and we saw that. He got shut down by the Knicks. The guy's dealing with all types of knee issues, which you could have predicted. He had three procedures in that knee before he came over here, and you had to give up a first-round pick just to get rid of the contract. But I always felt like Al would help this team, and he's been tremendous this season, and he's been incredible in the playoffs. I mean, you look at it, a 20-15 and 15 the other day, and then tonight, Al Horford goes for 16, six rebounds, and here's the thing that stuck out to me about Al. How about tonight in the fourth quarter when Kyrie got the switch? So he had Al Horford, 35-year-old big man Al Horford on him. And Al stoned him. Kyrie took a fadeaway jumper, could not hit it. Al stoned his ass. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to, I believe it's David in Florida. What's up, David? Where's the intro tonight? That was pretty lackadaisical in your park. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm sorry about that, David. We'll work on getting your intro back. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's always the highlight of my day talking to you. I well, figured. I, I, three, I, I did, we, didn't, we haven't heard from you on Red Sox Review. I don't know where you've been. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you last know why you weren't on Red Sox Review last night? I can tell you why. Because, because they, they won. won. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, I what's know. your Miraculous Celtics play? 
Celtics, huh? Yeah. All right. First of all, you're up by, I think it was eight with a minute, and you're just talking about Al, Al, Big Al, Average Al. Uh, no, no, I never said Average Al. That's not me. That's that's a different host. Someone said that. Someone else nicknamed him that. Yeah, that's I don't not remember me. who. I know. It wasn't you. You're right. You're right. It wasn't you, but someone said it, and I like it. Because I want to know what in God's green earth. You're up by eight with a minute and 30 seconds left. You have the lead in the game, and you're shooting a three? That's the best shot you can get. David, are you really and complaining? You are you, hold on. <laughs> are you really complaining? Are you really, David, 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 are you really David, are you really complaining about the fourth quarter when the Celtics outscored the yes, next 29 to 17? I, it's, I can't enjoy it. And they're stealing all my happiness. I should be happy right now. Yeah, why aren't they up to nothing, David? Like I was back in the 80s when I was jumping on the ceiling for Larry and Kevin and Robert. But, you know, I, I think they don't make me happy. And it's, it's unfair. I feel victimized. You feel victimized feel by your team victimized. being up two games to nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, because I can't Might be, be the happy. Take I've they ever play heard. like a bunch of petulant idiots. All right? And the Red Sox. David, it's a Back it's a horrible reality. take. I don't. Okay, what's your Red Sox no, take? No, Quick. no, 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 no. It's not a horrible. All right, take. David, I can't do it's it tonight. Not- I mean, th- th- it's a bad take. I mean, come on. You feel victimized by the Celtics, who are kicking the Nets' ass right now. I mean, that's your take tonight. I mean, come on. Like you've had some bad takes, but that's got to be one of your worst takes. I mean, that is horrible. You feel victimized by the Celtics, complaining about the fourth quarter, which they outscore the Brooklyn Nets twenty-nine to seventeen where Kevin Durant didn't hit a shot. Come on. Let's get to Tommy's in a car. What's up, Tom? Brian. What's going on, man? Hey, bro. Why is everybody hating on the Celtics on your station? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I can't explain no, that for to real. you. I, I'm with you. No, I can't for, explain that. For real. Like, it was like, let's not get the Nets. Oh, my God, we're scared. We're up 2-0, bro, and we're going down to Brooklyn to beat those people down to death. And then in round two and round three, <laughs> we have home home court advantage. What is the problem? Like, uh, why right now, by the way, Chicago's up scared? in Milwaukee. Right. I'm not as scared. Like, we took number two, and if we're going to win this game, we're going to win the series in five or six. But why is everybody in your station is scared? Why? Well, I predicted them to win the series. Well, no, look. Hold on, Tom. Tom, hold on. I predicted them to win the series. No, 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 no. Brian, you hold on. It's all over. (laughs) We get to round two. Dude, wake up. D.E.I. Stop hating. It's over, kids. Hey, Tom. Listen, Tom. Tom, Tom, hold on. All over. (laughs) I love it, Tom. Tom, you know that I predicted the Celtics to win the championship, right? Over. I'm out. See ya. All right. Good stuff, Tom. I appreciate the energy. <laughs> that was good. I am on record of after the Memphis Grizzlies win where the Celtics beat John Morant. Remember that whole thing where there was a conversation? Hey, who would you rather have, Jason Tatum or John Morant? Like, this is a topic of conversation on the station. And there was actually a poll question put out by Merloni and Fourier. And it was 53% John Morant, 47% Jason Tatum. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. You want the wing over the point guard, especially the point guard that cannot shoot. So I never understood the results of that poll to begin with. But after they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, 
I came on that night and I said, Mutt's my witness. A lot of you are my witness. I said, cue the damn duck boats that the Celtics were going to win the championship. Now, a little bit of a bump in the road with the Robert Williams situation, but it appears you're going to get that guy back maybe at some point during this series. Although, considering it's 2-0 right now, they may wait until the second series, depending on, I mean, if this gets dicey, then they'll try to get him back, but they're going to be as cautious as they possibly can right now, considering the fact that you're up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. Now, I think two things can be true. So I still believed that the Celtics were going to beat the Nets in this series. But I think you can also look at the fact, like, from a Celtics perspective, you want to get the easiest road to a championship. I just feel like that was the easier road to take was to play the baby dinosaurs in the first round, who now the Sixers are kicking their ass. They're up three games to none. That was Toronto's best shot tonight in overtime to win at home. They couldn't get it done. That series is over. Even Doc Rivers can't screw that thing up. They're up 3 nothing in that particular series. They're going to go on and win that. So I just felt like that was the easier road because I also feel like Miami is an easier first round or second round opponent rather than the Milwaukee Bucks who were the reigning defending NBA champs with the reigning defending NBA Finals MVP and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I just felt like that was an easier road for the Celtics, but I still thought they were going to win this series against the Nets. I think the Nets are in a situation right now where they are searching. They're looking for adjustments. And it felt like, all right, if you're going to get Goran Dragic coming off the bench, giving you 18 points, you should probably win that game. But when your best two players go four for 17 in Kevin Durant, four for 13 in Kyrie Irving, you're in major trouble. And the way that they have found the game plan and the execution as well to just completely discombobulate and frustrate Kevin Durant, I've never seen anybody else do this to him before. Never. Now, Golden State in game six and seven that year, his final year with the Thunder before he joined the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, he was frustrated in that series. He was a little frustrated in that series. No doubt about that whatsoever. But to this level, where he's struggling just to dribble the basketball. Think about that. He's struggling just to get space, dribble the basketball. When he puts the ball on the ground, the Celtics are swarming him. They are all over him. All over him. And he's got a coach that is just standing there doing absolutely nothing. It looks like a clown on the side. I don't know what Steve Nash does. The only thing he did tonight was challenge that Kyrie call. Where, I mean, that was idiotic to do. That was perplexing to me. Why the hell would you challenge that? You get no chance at winning that challenge. Challenges are difficult to win to begin with. Why the hell would you challenge that when it's pretty crystal clear on the replay that Kyrie hit Jason Tatum in the arm? You just wasted it. I mean, not that, I mean, I don't know what Steve Nash is going to do with the timeout anyway. He's probably going to screw things up. But to me, it feels like the coaching advantage, the talent advantage is on the Celtics side to begin with. I know they have Kyrie and Durant, but the Celtics have more good players than the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets have a ton of one-way players. When you look at that roster, Kyrie only plays offense. Kevin Durant can play both. Bruce Brown can play both. Andre Drummond, not a great defensive player. The Celtics should be exposing him more. I think that's something that the the Seas should consider targeting more. He actually had an impact on this game on the offensive boards. I know he only had one, but he was tipping rebounds away to guys on his team. He was getting into the paint a little bit. So he was actually, I never thought he'd be a problem, but he was somewhat of a problem tonight. But Andre Drummond, not a great defensive player. We know that Kyrie is a DH. He only plays on offense. Seth Curry's a DH. He only plays on offense. You look at Claxton. I mean, that guy, did you see the free throw that guy shot? 
He was like three feet short. I mean, that was embarrassing. So if you ever get into a situation in the series where you can't stop the Nets offensively, which has not been an issue for the Celtics, especially in the second half, you can just foul Claxton. We saw what happens when he goes to the free throw line. And then they're playing Dragic, who they used as a defensive sub the other day. He killed the Celtics. I was I don't know about you, but with this Dragic thing, I hate this guy. I can't stand this guy. I'm not talking about on a personal level. I just hate him. Like, I just hate him as an athlete. Because this guy shredded the Celtics in the Orlando bubble as a member of the Miami Heat. Remember that? This guy was killing the Celtics all the time. They were just putting him in the pick and roll, and he was slicing and dicing up the Celtics. And tonight... I had flashbacks of that. I mean, thank God the Celtics won the game because that guy was, he was outstanding. 8 of 14 from the floor, 18 points. I mean, he was good for them. Shockingly good for them. But the point being, Dragic is really not a good defensive player. Patty Mills can only play offense. He did have 18 points for this team tonight. Or excuse me, um, Dragic had 18 points tonight. Patty Mills played 18 minutes. But overall, like, they got some contributions from their role guys. Bruce Brown gave them 23 points. Goran Dragic gave them 18 points, and they lost. Think about that, because their two best players were not good in this game. The Celtics are willing to make Bruce Brown the decision maker, where they were getting him the ball in the short roll, and he made some nice plays. He had a couple of corner threes as well. I'm not diminishing what Bruce Brown did, but the Celtics are going to live with Bruce Brown hitting shots. What they're not going to live with is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant taking over the game, which was not the case tonight. In fact, Kevin Durant was a liability when the ball was in his hands. I don't know what happened to Kyrie. Like, the Durant situation compared to the Kyrie is totally different. Durant was clearly bothered, and he's been bothered all series long from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It really does feel like they're taking his spot right now, right? Where they're taking over, they want to get to where he is in the NBA. And they are incredibly motivated and incredibly hyped up to go after him. They are making life so difficult on Kevin Durant where he can barely put the basketball on the ground. He is now hesitant to dribble the ball because of what Jalen Brown and what Jason Tatum are doing. And the other thing with Kevin Durant is he's confused. He doesn't know where the help's coming from half the time. He doesn't know if Smart's coming up. He doesn't know if Al Horford's coming up. He is just confused and perplexed at what the Celtics are doing And the level of athleticism displayed by Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is something that has been, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's been overwhelming for Kevin Durant. He has not been able to deal with their level of athleticism. It's been absolutely incredible to watch. It feels like one of those things, and I know like the Nets, they lost in the second round last year, but it does feel one of those, like one of those moments where, hey, you got to beat these guys. You have got to beat these guys. You got to put them to bed. You got to send Kyrie and you got to send Kevin Durant out of town. Beat these guys down. And it's almost like that bravado the Celtics had by saying the final game of this. Yeah, let's win. You know what? Let's, we want Durant. We want Kyrie. We want to take that thing on. We're not scared of them. We want a piece of them. I feel like that's something that this team certainly wanted. They acted like they wanted it. Ime Doka said, we're not worried about anybody else. We just we want to do what we want to do. And now they're destroying this team. They are dismantling this team from a confidence standpoint. I And so Durant can't do anything. He can't put the ball on the ground. I don't know where Kyrie is. Kyrie was so great in the fourth quarter of game one. Absolutely tremendous. I don't know where he was tonight. The guy was 4 of 13 
absolutely nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know. Like, when Pritchard was on the court and the Celtics are going on that run, Kyrie was on the court. Why wasn't Kyrie getting the ball and having a screener come up and Kyrie going at Peyton Pritchard? I, he pulled the Houdini. I don't know where he went. It was like he was a non-participant in the game. I, I don't know what happened to Kyrie Irving. He just went MIA. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Mike. Mike's in Connecticut. Mike, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'll tell you, Brian. Now, good, good. Well, I, obviously, I'm happy with the Celtics. I'm going to keep my mouth shut, unlike that other guy who's, you know, thinks it's over. To me, as a, you know, a longtime suffering New England fan, I don't say anything to it's officially over. But <laughs> it looks pretty good that it, it looks pretty good that it's over. I got to say that. But I'll tell you, Brian, that was a great ceremony tonight. Oh, for Emmy. Yeah. Yeah, how about Sean I mean, McDonough? He did a great job. Oh, he really did. He He's good, McDonough. And I'll tell you, if you can get Yaz to come some, he was really well-liked. As you know Yaz, he does not like to make public appearances. Yeah, that was pretty cool but, that all those guys came back, too. It was pretty cool. And he, even and even all those uh, reporters that did the games, that was really nice. It was cool. Yeah, the sideline reporters. My, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, really, Brian, they're there for five minutes when you think about it. Yeah. The other thing I'd say, Mike, the only thing that I felt bad about with the ceremony is, and I know that they obviously planned for this in advance. The only thing I felt bad about, Mike, is because, and look, I'm not criticizing people for this, but the Celtics were the biggest story in town today because they're playing the Brooklyn Nets in the postseason. I almost felt like maybe they should have waited until later on in the season to do this when the Red Sox were the main attraction in town. You know what I mean? Because you get a playoff game against Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. I felt like it kind of took away from that moment. You don't miss a trick, Brian. I got to tell you that. That, that. That's a good point. And, uh, <laughs> but what I, what I will say is, though, I'm very worried about this upcoming road trip. And let me ask you something, Brian. Baseball is a team sport. If you were on that team, I mean, and I like Hulk. I like his demeanor. He's not afraid of the hitter. He's, he's cocky. This, but to me, when you don't get vaccinated in, in this world the way it is now, you know, you're just letting your team down. And I know there's other guys on the team. For some reason, their names don't want to come out. Well, we'll find out, Mike. I mean, we'll find out. out. We'll find out in, a you know, less than a week. They go there Monday to Toronto. And I'm with, like, the Hulk thing, the problem is it's now, and look, I, I don't get into the whole are you vaccinated or you're not vaccinated. The problem is this is a competitive disadvantage for the Red Sox against arguably oh. the most talented team in the American League. Yeah. I think that it's going to be Darwinson, honestly. I was having this conversation with Mutt. Mutt made a good point. Remember they went and they stretched out Darwinson? So he's pitching in AAA yeah. right now. I think they may bring him up and use him as an opener, so to speak. But, now, you think if Martin, if, now, do you think if J.D. is hurt more than you think? you think they might call Cassius up? Uh, I don't think yet because I, I don't think they're going to bring Cassius up unless he's going to play every day, Mike. So I don't see them doing pulling the trigger on that until it's like, okay, you're up and you're up for the rest of the season. I don't know how serious it is. They just said it's hip tightness after the game. I don't know yeah, exactly oh, what that is. But, hey, I mean, yeah, Mike, don't sound too bad. the other thing, Mike, about this whole you mentioned the Toronto, we're going to find out there could be a guy in the middle of the lineup. Who knows? The guy in the yeah. middle of the lineup may be out in that series. We don't exactly know. All we know is Cora said there's other guys that are not vaccinated. So, and look, hey, Mike, appreciate the call as always, my friend. Good stuff tonight. Okay, I appreciate buddy. it. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937, the number. Yeah, the Toronto situation is a dicey one for the Sox. You're going up there to play one of the best teams in the American League, maybe the best, and you don't have your guys. But 
I do want to circle back to the Celtics. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number. What did you make of the win tonight? What has been the most impressive thing out of these two games for you so far? We'll get to it next here on EI. All right, welcome back in. Big win for the Seas as they're now up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets series. Goes back to Brooklyn on Saturday night. I do feel like, not that the game's in Brooklyn, but I do feel like the two days in between actually does really help the Celtics because the amount of energy that those guys expend on the defensive side of the floor, it is remarkable. Like in game one, Tatum was gassed. Absolutely gassed at the end. You saw it a little bit tonight where at one point Jalen Brown, it appeared he asked to come out of the game, needed to catch his breath, and you can understand why based on the energy that those guys are using on the defensive side of the floor. How about the play that Jason, that Jalen Brown made, rather, where he picks Kevin Durant, and then he gives it up to Jason Tatum on the break, and Jason Tatum goes up, just slams it down, gets the crowd into it, then Jalen Brown's getting to the crowd into it. I mean, I just love the combo, like this whole idea of, oh, can these two guys play together? You're seeing what the vision always was. Two unbelievable defensive players. Two wing defenders that can play both ways and score. Absolutely remarkable to watch. And now it sort of feels like they're not even at the peak of their powers yet, and they're already a dominating force. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Matthew in New Bedford. Matthew, what's up, man? Oh, I'm just loving the Celtics right now. So, Watching all season, I feel like Jason Tatum has already became a superstar. But yep. tonight felt like really when Jalen Brown established himself as a superstar. What I really want to know is how does that affect the end of At A Theater Name Me? Your thoughts, please. Okay, Matthew, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, if you want to grab his line, you can. 617-779-7937. So just getting back to the Tatum thing, I know that Tatum did not score the ball efficiently tonight, but it was very impressive to see when he took over at the end of the fourth quarter there with a couple of big-time defensive players, uh, plays rather, and then, of course, the big, st- the big stop on Kevin Durant late in the game where Kevin Durant's trying to go by him and he can't do anything. And it just feels like these guys have so much confidence right now defending Kevin Durant. And it does feel like, in some sense, Kevin Durant is just completely lost out there, which I never thought I would say. Kevin Durant is lost. He has no idea what he's doing out there right now because the Celtics are bringing pressure from different areas in terms of they're just sending traps once in a while. They will blitz him. He doesn't know when the defender's coming. They've done a really good job of mixing up their coverages on Durant. The one thing I do worry about is the Daniel Tice minutes defensively. Because we saw the Celtics played their best when Daniel Tice was off the court. I know that he was efficient on the offensive side of the ball tonight, right, in terms of the fact that he actually gave you some production on the offensive side of the floor, which you ordinarily don't see from Daniel Tice. But over the long haul of the game, you could tell that that fourth quarter lineup with Grant Williams in with Al Horford instead of Daniel Tice, that's the much better defensive lineup to use if you're Ime Adoka going forward. Let's get to Kelly and Amherst. What's up, Kelly? Hey, what's up, Brian? So, yeah, a uh, big win for the Seas. You were talking about, you know, what was my take from these first two games. I don't know about putting the games together. That first game, man, it was so wild and crazy. I don't even, you know, it was just intense. But with this game, definitely it was nice to see Jalen Brown coming out a little bit. He wasn't uh, looking like, you know, his, his uh, uh, totally fire on all cylinders self. 
the way he was going into the playoffs, and I would love to see him get back to that form. But we saw some signs of it, and when he can just go to the basket, and there'll be two guys on him, and he's just going through these guys, and there's nothing they can do, and he just either dunks it or lays it up. I feel like that is a very good sign if he can do that going forward. But I would love real quick to talk about Marcus Smart if I could. Sure. Yeah, so Marcus Smart, I think, was real pumped going into this game, coming off of that defensive player of the year. And I think he deserved defensive player of the year. You know, I've heard a lot of people, not mentioning any names, say he didn't deserve it. I get it. When you look at statistics and numbers, there's a lot going on. But I think just by the eyeball test, he does so many things great. I would just put it like this. He's like a mini Larry Bird. He really is. I mean, he don't shoot like Larry Bird. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, Kelly, come on. 100%. You just called Marcus Smart a mini Larry Bird. I mean, look, I love Marcus Smart. He's been outstanding. Come on. Larry Bird. I see it. I see it all the time. Do you remember that famous play? Bird steals the ball. Marcus Smart does stuff like that all the time. He stole the inbound from Kyrie in the last game. Kelly, Larry Bird is one of the 10 greatest players in the history of the NBA. Larry Bird won three consecutive MVPs. What are you talking about? You can't mention those two guys in the same. He's one of the greatest players in the history of this league. And you're comparing Marcus Smart to Larry Bird. I I feel like I'm trying to make an analogy to a robot here, dude. Obviously, he's no Larry Bird, but what I'm saying is, he has that tenacity, not only the like a try-hard, like going around, throwing his body around, but also making miracles happen. He'll rip the ball out of somebody's hand. He'll, you know what I mean? He'll block the inbound. He does anything and everything all the time. All right, I Kelly. Hey, I appreciate ever- the call, man. We got to go, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> Larry Bird. Come on, man. Pick it up. Show, some le- show the legend some respect. Did you really just do that? You just compared Marcus Smart to Larry Bird. Come on. I love you, Kelly, but clean it up. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. I'll be back with you on Friday. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.